You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a two-week-ahead review of the greatest movie of the year, <laughs> or at least the movie I was more excited about than any other movie this year. And happy birthday to me. It's to my birthday today, or maybe yesterday by the time this goes up. And somehow, some way. My wife, Jamie, who's here on the episode, found a way to get me in to see Shazam two weeks ahead of time, along with people all over North America who also got an advanced screening two weeks ahead of time. But this is the movie that we've been talking about that I'm more excited about than Star Wars, that I'm convinced will get a Best Picture nomination. Not really, but we joked in the Oscars episode. And we get to talk about Shazam before Ben even gets to see it, two weeks before Ben gets to see it. But we will be back in two weeks to get a more in-depth review, but just a quick one here, because... Jamie is very pregnant with twins and doesn't want to sit down for long. <laughs> my name is Colin, and touch my staff and speak my name. My name is Jamie, and ew, that's gross. <laughs> um, wow, what, how, how are we going to fit this into just 20 minutes? Uh, <laughs> and how am I like not going to spoil anything, because it's well, so amazing. Well, okay, well, no, that's the thing. We've been talking about this movie forever. I've been talking about it for how many years? I don't even know, but, like, I, I know you were a huge fan of the Shada- Shazam character. Shadam! Censor <laughs> beep! No, um, of the Shazam character from the comics, even before they were talking about making a movie of it. Why are why are you such a huge char- uh, fan of the character? Okay, so... Not, not even counting anything for it being a movie, but just for the comics. Why do you like it? Alright, so before we even get in the movie, which, by the way, let's just spoil it right off the bat here, is freaking amazing <laughs> it's it's probably like one of the best superhero movies i've seen I, honestly we'll, we'll, we'll get into it more later but you turned to me when there was probably still 30 minutes left in this movie you're like how are you enjoying the movie i'm like i i i, I was at a loss for words i'm like stuttering i'm like it's one of the greatest superhero movies i've ever seen and that's no joke it is one of the greatest superhero movies i've ever seen i think it's honestly just one of the best movies i've ever seen it's, it's, it's so good it's so fun but We'll get to that in a second. So, the character Shazam, which a lot of people weren't familiar with until they saw the trailer for this movie Shazam, uh, a little less than a year ago. Yeah, I, uh, I had never heard of it. Well, I had I had some knowledge of the Captain Marvel character, because Shazam was called Captain Marvel. And I don't know the full story, but at some point, you know, their rights expired without them realizing it to the name Captain Marvel. And Mar- Marvel named a character Captain Marvel, which... You know, then there was Miss Marvel and everything else, and now the current Captain Marvel, they have the rights to that name. But Shazam is the original Captain Marvel. Um, the word he spoke was Shazam, so now the character is Shazam. Although they play in this movie on him not having a name, where they just can't come up with a name with him. Which actually makes sense, because there's no way Shazam can actually tell people, what's your name? Shazam. Okay, now you just spoiled it. But anyways, I had knowledge that the Captain Marvel character existed... I always thought it was like a cheesy, you know, throwback thing from the 40s, which it kind of was. Um, the video game in 2009, or I think it was, uh, that came out, uh, Mar- or not Marvel, uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Uh, oh, was it he in there? It was, yeah, so that was the game where it was actually a crossover storyline, where the DC Universe crossed over the Mortal Kombat Universe. I know, we own it. And you play, well, yeah, I got it, um, you know, when I first got my 360. Because well, so I love Mortal Kombat. So. You love Mortal Kombat, and I love DC, so we got this game. And I was so excited to play as all these DC characters, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman, The Flash, oh, The Joker. Oh, Joker's and in there, right. I suck, because I just suck at video games in general. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am terrible at video games. I love playing video games, you know... 
every couple months I'll play a video game, but I generally suck at video games. Yeah, you're pretty awful. And yet, I dominated when I played as Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam. Uh, and that was kind of my first real exposure to the characters. So I got excited maybe a year, two years after that. Uh, DC did this thing, the New 52, where they there's some you know right. differing opinions on it, but they relaunched the whole universe. So I decided I'm going to use this as an excuse to collect some things that I have knowledge of but that I'm not as familiar with. So I started reading uh, the uh, Legion of Superheroes and... Green Arrow and some of the other ones where it's like, I've never actually really read these, but this is kind of like starting from the beginning. That, that's when they did the new Harley Quinn, right? That's when they introduced Harley Quinn to Suicide Squad, yeah. yeah. Which Suicide Squad was one of the ones that I started reading, you know, then about, you know, what, eight or nine years ago and, when they and did And I this. really liked her comics, actually. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Sorry, but we're not talking about her. <laughs> yeah. That'll come next year for Birds of Prey. Uh, but I was reading the Justice League comic, which Jeff Johns, who's the main guy for DC Comics, was writing Justice League, and I was loving the Justice League, and he decided he wanted to do Shazam as a backup feature, because Shazam hadn't had his own comic since, like, the late 90s. So DC had Justice League. That was their main comic. You would have a full issue of Justice League, and then in the back, they'd do maybe 10 to 15 pages as a backup feature of Shazam. And I started reading that, and he did it only for the first 12 issues. It was like a limited series backups of Shazam telling the origin story, kind of a reboot of the character, which is what this movie's more based on. And I read this, and at this point I was reading probably 20 different DC titles on a monthly basis. And out of all those, Superman, who's like my all-time favorite, Batman, uh, Flash, Suicide Squad, as I said, I walked out of all of this this reboot universe and said Shazam is not only the best thing they got going but is the best thing I've read in comics as an adult in my entire adult life and they only did the 12 issues which weren't even full issues ever since that I've just been I've, I've been obsessed with Shazam I mean there was one time that you know I, I was you were with me we were in a comic book store and I was strongly debating spending $250 to get a giant uh, you know, figure of Shazam and Black Adam together <laughs> Uh, and I've just been waiting for this movie for forever. So this is like the dream for me, the movie that I never thought would actually come out of all my favorite superheroes. And it's finally here. And I've been talking forever about this is going to be the greatest movie ever. I'm so excited for this movie. I mention it, you know, uh, constantly that I'm more excited for this than I am. Star, Star Wars, Wars this year and Star Wars is by far my favorite franchise of all time. I'm more excited for Sam than Star Wars. And I think that they needed something that was, I, I know it's a different brand it's not the same brand of uh like uh, it's not from the same comic universe but i think after this huge uh miss marvel or marvel captain marvel yeah bomb that they needed a well, good comic book movie. okay but here's the thing captain marvel the movie is making a fortune but i still have not met a single person or even heard from a single person who walked out of it I, I and had anything like... more than a polite thing to say about it most people walking out saying it's really not great you know honestly though i don't really like <laughs> many Marvel movies. I think the only ones that I could say that I would actually go out of my way to watch would be the X-Men ones. There's no other ones. Not, uh, well, not even, even Spider-Man. Doctor Strange. Uh, and you love the most recent Spider-Man Homecoming, which this has some similarities to because it's a younger character. Yeah. But yeah, the Captain Marvel totally made up for my disappointment with Captain Marvel Shazam now. Like, I went in with such high expectations of this movie and somehow it surpassed it. It is among the greatest superhero movies I've ever seen. And it's so simple, and it's such a throwback. This feels like the classic superhero movies. The things I would compare it most to would be like Superman the movie, 
the original Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, you know, X-Men 2. Uh, it reminded me of those, uh, the first Iron Man. Like, it just feels, it feels innocent. It feels um, traditional. It feels fun, but it has so much heart to it, which yeah. is, there's so many crossovers nowadays. You know, DC went the route of making everything so dark and gritty. Marvel has gone the route of making everything crossovers, so the individual characters, like, I love Thor Ragnarok, probably one of the best Marvel movies, but Thor doesn't matter in that movie because it is Thor and Hulk and it's Loki and it's Valkyrie. It, you know, Captain America was like a supporting character in Captain America Civil War. Yeah, I remember This that. is the Billy Batson movie. I, it I, is the Shazam movie. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head there and explained it perfectly when you're saying that it's fun, but it actually has so much heart because I so think so much. I think that it's really easy for a lot of movies to just throw these stupid jokes in there, and there's not much meaning to the story. But the story is so deep here, and yeah. uh, and and again, I'm not going to spoil in such anything. A, in such a simple way that like children would enjoy. Yeah, and it's it's a movie that uh, would entertain both adults and kids, which is really hard to do. But you know, it's it's kind of hard to talk about everything without. <laughs> obviously spoiling but do you think that this movie uh because this won't spoil but do you think that this movie is one that um it's the first time you watched it but uh that you think is gonna hold up well even like let's say 15 20 years from now because it's the feeling i got while watching this you know, while I was watching, I don't know if you saw me while I was watching this, but it was one of these things where it's yeah, like... Yeah, you look like a kid at Christmas. I, I know, and I kept thinking to myself, like, I feel like a kid watching this movie, and that's the thing that blew me away. I think the last time I really felt like that, you know, in watching a movie, maybe when the first Iron Man came out, like... And part of that is just, like, you have these great movies like Doctor Strange or, you know, Thor Ragnarok, but you've seen so much of it, it's like, well, that's a cool interpretation, but this felt like something special, like... The way I felt when I saw Superman the movie as a child. The way I felt when I saw, uh, even though it's a completely different tone, the way I felt when I saw Batman Begins, you know, where it's like, this is why I love superheroes. And it is the heart they have in this movie, like Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Um, The the opening scenes, I mean, for people who don't know the plot, they're following very closely to that, you know, reboot uh, backup uh, feature that they had in Justice League of Shazam that was introduced, I think it was like 2011 or something like that. You know, he's not an orphan. He's he's a foster kid. So it's a rough upbringing. The only thing that's really different from what they did in the comics is that his foster home life was a little bit rougher in the comics. And he was a little bit more of a rougher character and a more jaded character. Here he's like a kid with a lot of hope. And, and that's what really makes this movie so good because it, it introduces him as a child and how he loses, you know, his mother. We won't go into details. And I was watching the scene, even before it got to that moment, I'm watching the scene and there's little things like this kid is at a fair and he just wants this one thing and then he gets this tiny little toy and just seeing his excitement at having this tiny toy, where like, I almost got a tear in my eye. (laughs) This is so touching. (laughs) And then later on when he's, you know, uh, you're you're meeting his foster family and everything and they just nailed all those characters. And so much of like, this is, it's Zachary Levi is playing the adult Billy Bassin. You know, he is a 13, 14-year-old boy that has the ability to transform himself into a 30-year-old man that is the size and strength of Superman with the powers of Superman and even more. It, it was so entertaining to watch. And and I think that one thing that they handled really well actually was the, the, the trailer for um, this movie, the trailers that they came out for it, because this part was in the trailer too, so it's not a spoiler to reveal, but it... it, it 
it shows you kind of the tone of the movie and it's such a small thing and it's so funny but you know when he walks into the beer store and he's got like this like smug yeah. look on his face and he's like he's like i'd like some of your finest beer please yes. <laughs> he's got like this very distinguished <laughs> accent and that's in the trailer so it's not a spoiler but but, but it's just you know it, it, for for that actor to really zachary levi yeah for him to really act like you know this 14 almost 15 year old boy like he 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 did a great job well and like this is what's so great like i'm a, a huge zachary levi fan going all the way back to the tv show chuck that he did do you remember the show chuck I never watched it, but he, I know he was, he was like on it. this guy who worked at basically Best Buy, and you know because his father had been involved in the CIA, at some point you know his brain gets unlocked, like like this programming, and his brain gets unlocked that makes him like a super spy. But his cover is that he's still this geeky guy. So Chuck, in some ways, was like Shazam for spies because he was the average guy who suddenly got these incredible powers to be a spy, and you were watching what is a guy like that. So he is the perfect actor. Although I never would have expected them to go a more comedic route with the Shazam character. There is something funny about what would a 13-year-old boy be like if he suddenly was the size. Like, that's why there's a lot of comparisons to Big. You know, Tom Hanks and Big, well, he's still a 13-year-old boy, you know? And that's what it is here. Zachary Levi, it's funnier to see him deliver these lines than it is, like, the youth Billy Batson. But they're still playing the same character. And that's what's so amazing is that this didn't feel like he was suddenly... A different you know, person. Yeah. And he, he, they actually seemed like they were actually the and same person. the only reason it is funnier when Zachary Levi is on screen than the kid who's playing Billy Batson is because of the context that, that he's doing such a good job that you you know he's still a 13-year-old kid. Like you said, when he goes in the convenience store and then he's like, hey, I'm a superhero. Uh, and like, you know, when he's going around charging people's phones with Lexus, your phone's charged, your phone's charged. Like, this is what a kid would do if they had superpowers. They would oh, yeah. try to, let's see if we can get money out of this ATM. You know, how many Dr. Peppers can we get out of this Coke machine? You know, who wants to get a selfie with me? They wouldn't care about saving people. And that comes later on. But uh, Zachary Levi, who of course was on Chuck, and even before that, there was a sitcom Less Than Perfect that we used to watch. Yeah. And he's so funny in real life. And he's one of these actors that, that like, he's had some breaks, but you know, neither of those shows were huge. They were like popular kind of cult fan bases. Not really huge. And then when he was cast in this movie, it was sort of like this moment where I'm like, one of the greats is finally getting his chance at fame. Because you knew, you know, he's going to be big now. It's kind of like I felt when Henry Cavill was, I was cast as Superman. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. when I saw Henry Cavill as Superman, like, I know this guy. I've been rooting for this guy for years, you yeah. know? Well, and didn't you even say that when you saw him, what was it, I Capture the Castle? Yeah, like the first movie he made as an adult. That, that you, you were like, this guy could play Superman? I came Superman? home and I said, there's this one guy in this movie I just watched. He could play who, Superman. In 10 years, he would make the perfect Superman. And 10 and years what? later, he was cast as Superman. Yeah. But yeah, like Zachary Levi, I've been rooting for him forever. So it's great he's gotten this. Um, the kid, uh, I'm going to have to find his name here because this is only like his second screen kidder credit. Asher Angel, who's playing young Billy Batson. Amazing. Like, to, to have me really rooting for a character that's, you know, a, a kid is crazy because I don't tend to like child actors in movies. Uh, he's so good in this movie the kid who plays his foster brother, Freddy, again, you were saying he's kind of annoying. Like, he's great comic relief, but he also was kind of the heart of this movie. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who was in uh, one of the kids in It, amazing too. This entire foster family is so great. Like, I love every character in this movie and every actor in this movie. And, like, the foster parents, you know, they're great. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of like emotional connection, and yet it's with, not with every, sappy with, with every area of this movie though. Like, and again, you can't spoil different things, but not even just for 
like the Shazam character or the Billy Batson character, but even for the villain and stuff like that, when mm-hmm. they when they're going over his backstory, you feel that emotional connection there. Yeah, and um, the thing that I found really interesting, like as far as we're talking about the emotion of this movie, you know, as I'm a huge advocate for the first two Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. You know, and, and talking about like how emotional those movies could be, and, or how much heart those movies had. At the same time, you know, those movies being 15, 20 years old now, you go back and watch them. There are moments where the emotional moments feel a little bit corny. It's not like that here because it, it's it's funny, but as much as this movie's been promoted as a comedy, I wouldn't say the comedy's overpowering. I would say that Spider Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok are bigger comedies than this. It's just the comedy's so well placed. The heart in this movie is not overdone either. No. It's it's per- it's perfect innocent. Balance. It's like you're just seeing this lonely kid who's, you know, been looking for, you know, a family or or some way to fit in for years now. And he's kind of jaded and it's so subtle the way they develop his relationships with other people around him. It's just, it's innocent. That's the way I would say it. it, it this is one of those perfect movies that a nine-year-old could see and get just as much enjoyment as an adult. Yeah. Um, just talking about the action of this movie too and the special effects. Now, this is going to sound weird, but... When I describe this movie to people, this is the movie that I am going to compare it most to. Ghostbusters. Does that sound weird? Or having seen this, does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's hilarious, but it is so grounded in like the the, the action, the sci-fi, little bits of horror elements. But here's the real thing. There's an appeal to the effects of Ghostbusters where it looks dated, but they hold up. Because there's something about the cheapness of them that works. This movie, it doesn't need to make $500 million, you know, domestically to turn a profit because this movie costs only $80 million to make. And yet it looks just as good as Suicide Squad or Wonder Woman or Justice League or any of the others because the way they use the effects in this with the creatures, with the the superpowers and everything else, they made this look like an 80s movie done right. The effects, there's creatures in this movie, you know, we won't talk about too much, but... To me, they looked like something out of Ghostbusters or Raiders of the Lost Ark. You I kind of was thinking the, the same. fact that like they, they they look real to you, but their mouths don't move, and in some ways they just kind of have that glowing eye effect that you would see in something like Ghostbusters. And then just the way that the story progresses and you know the the drama builds to this massive moment, like with the the fight scene, like everything about this really reminded me of Ghostbusters. And I feel like if there's anything you're going to go into this movie and feel like, well. If I'm a fan of this type of superhero movie, am I gonna like it? Scratch that all off. This is like if you're a fan of the '80s blockbusters that every kid grew up on of that era, and this isn't so obvious the way that Stranger Things is like. And I'm not knocking Stranger Things, but like Stranger Things is gunning for. We are 100% playing to that audience. Uh, this is just like if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, those types of movies you will love this because it feels like those movies. The effects look like it and it doesn't look like an $80 million movie. It looks like a $150 million movie. I mean, what, what, is there anything else we got to say about this? I mean, it's it's so good. Um, I don't think so. I think that we just need to say that people need to see it seriously. Well, they'll have to wait two weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, we got to see it early, so thank you. And Happy you birthday, could do me. A, you could do a real review with We will ben. do a full review, but we have to say, I, I mean... I don't even have to say what I'm doing. I'm not only buying this movie. I mean, I'm investing in Warner Brothers or New Line and DC going forward because uh, here's my annoyance. 
you know, there is an obvious media bias against DC, uh, and people don't realize how much propaganda it is because the reviews out there, first of all, this movie has a near-perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's got 97% right now. It is, hands down, one of the best-reviewed superhero movies ever. But the media out there is reporting that this is DC's best-reviewed movie ever. Well, forget that. This thing's got reviews as high as Black Panther, which got nominated for Best Picture, even though Black Panther wasn't so good. Yeah. Um, this is one of the best-reviewed movies, period, we have seen in a long time. Not just superhero movies. This is, I believe, when we're going back 10 years from now, we're looking at what were the great superhero movies of this era. People, I'm sure, will say Infinity War just because it's like the culmination. But I feel like this movie is going to hold up better than Thor Ragnarok, better than Spider-Man Homecoming, better than anything else. And... If we're talking about Captain Marvel, I mean, it bothers me that Captain Marvel has gotten so much media attention for being, like, the first Marvel female superhero. To say that, 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 first of all, can I just say that's the dumbest thing ever? The first Marvel female superhero? I mean, A, Wonder Woman was out a couple years ago and has been in two movies already. They have made other female superhero movies. It's just this studio's continuity is the first time they've done it. It's not like this is a new thing, and yet they're trying to make it like something revolutionary. Can we talk about... This being the first superhero movie that is about a kid? Because Spider-Man Homecoming, the youngest actor to ever play Spider-Man, was 21 years old. Yeah. And here we have a 13 or 14-year-old kid playing a 13 or 14-year-old kid. And it is a movie about 13 and 14-year-old kids. This is groundbreaking, as far as I'm concerned, way more than Captain Marvel is. Yeah, I think the only thing that is kind of where... It feels like that maybe a tiny bit would be Flash in what the do you Bat- mean? Batman movie. Or is in it Justice Batman? League? Yeah, Justice League. What about him though? Well, when, when they discover Flash and you could tell like this is like an immature kid. Well yeah, there's similarities that but but what I'm just talking about is No, but if you if you want to talk about I, I'm, gunning I'm for a new I, audience. I, I agree with you. I'm saying that, right, that but, they've only ever done one thing that's even kinda of like that, but it wasn't a whole But that's movie. again just character. It's just like yeah. You know, we've had who knows how many Spider-Man movies. We've had superhero movies about very young characters. We have never had a superhero movie where the lead character and lead actor is a kid playing a kid, you know, and the movie is aimed at kids. I mean, I feel like this is going to be one of these movies that can capture a young audience that's kind of been forgotten because even the Marvel movies, I mean, their audience are 25 to 30-year-old men for the most part, you know? And I think this movie should be given more credit because there, this is a genre, as far as comic books go, superheroes, the main audience has always in the past been children. And here's a movie that is actually going for that audience, representing that audience with a real kid. And I feel like if I were 12 when this movie came out, this would be the greatest thing in the world for me to see. Here's a movie that I can identify with where a kid is the superhero. Yeah, I think that it's, uh, I think that it's something where... They they really what's what's the phrase? They won the lottery on like they. I mean, this is lightning in a bottle. Yeah, yeah. You know, lightning hands in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it is the movie that is. I feel like this is people talk. Uh, here, I, I'm, and I think it's something where you could have a lot of kids get into comic stuff just watching this movie. Oh yeah, Shazam's going to explode after this comes out. Like it will explode if this movie. It's not expected to make. Aquaman dollars partly because it is a lower budgeted superhero movie it's a superhero nobody really knows up until now but I think this movie is going to explode also talking about like the the media propaganda 
you know, we've been hearing about, oh, DC has decided they're going to, uh, I was talking to you about this, they're going to disconnect themselves from the whole extended universe thing, starting with Aquaman and continue with Shazam. The Shazam's going to have no connections. This movie has more connections to the DC movies that have preceded it than I ever expected. Yeah. And it's done more as just background things, but, like, this movie exists in the world where Superman or Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Aquaman have all happened. And there are references to all of those movies, including a sort of cameo from one of the other characters in the DC movies that preceded this. Plus, a bo- there's more than one bonus credit scene, one that's obviously setting up a sequel, and then one very end of the credits, which is absolutely hilarious. That is a very clear reference to another one of the DC movies, yeah. which I loved. But Very yeah. good, but you can't spoil nothing. Can't spoil it. We'll spoil it when Ben comes on. So anyways, yeah. in two weeks, when Shazam comes out, everybody has to see this. This is beyond a buy. You're buying it? Oh, of course. All right, there we go. Two buys. So here's here's the thing, though. Oh, never mind. It's not going to matter. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, should I ask for it for my birthday? No. And then it's like, no, you're just going to buy it anyways. Yeah, it's my movie. <laughs> it's my movie. This is mine. Hands off. It's my birthday now. <laughs> Stop trying to steal my birthday thunder. We're married, but it's not 50-50. Uh, um, so anyways, we'll be back in two weeks with Ben and I to discuss Shazam more in depth than this. Uh, and uh, I guess before that happens... We're going to have Ben's wrapping up episodes on Nip Tuck. We've probably got a couple weeks left of Nip Tuck episodes. And then Rossi and I are going to be back to um, replace Nip Tuck with more random recaps. And we've got uh, some good shows coming up uh, as well. We are almost wrapping up Bad Movie Month. The Cat in the Hat came out this week. Oh, boy. Uh, but we're going to have The Ultimate, The Book of Henry, another movie targeted towards children Ugh. with crazy plot lines, including murder, molestation, uh <laughs> All the things that you expect out of kids' movies that are supposedly a feel-good movie. So if you, you're going to listen to anything you, on... You forgot planned murder. Yeah, if you're going to listen to anything on Bad Movie Month, listen to our Book of Henry recap. And then after that, we're going to jump into Anniversary Month, and we got some fun stuff there. So make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, subscribe on iTunes, But just Stitcher. don't follow us home. Don't follow us home, please. Uh, <laughs> in a week, we'll be living somewhere else, Jamie, so it doesn't really matter. Uh my name is Colin, a.k.a. Thundercrack. Oh, you stole, you stole my name. Okay, we'll use the other one. My name is Jamie, a.k.a. Sparkly Finger Touchiness. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 